0: Hello, and welcome to Alien Minute, the daily podcast where we are analyzing aliens in short, controlled bursts. I'm John Engel. And I'm George Hendricks, and today we're covering Minute
1: 27. It begins with Gorman telling those people to move it with an exclamation point, and ends with Spunkmire backing up his loader. And that's George Hendricks back for day two. Thanks for coming
0: back, George. I'm I'm here. I'm here to stay. And uh, Katie, <laughs> Katie and Margaret, are you also here to stay?
2: Yes, hello. Hello. You can't get rid of us. <laughs>
3: Thanks for having
0: us. Thanks for coming back. Okay, well, I wish there was a quotable line in this minute to talk about, but I'm afraid there's just... Wait, hold on.
3: What?
0: Does Apon say asses and elbows in this... Asses <laughs>
3: and <episode>? elbows. <laughs>
0: asses and elbows. What the fuck does that mean,
3: guys? You I least it. I Oh, good! It's in
2: the urban dictionary.
1: Because it means, those are the parts he wants you to see. You like turn around and get your stuff moving, and I only want to see your butt and your your backside and your elbows. It originated
2: in farm work. If the field Say, hand, oh, farm in work. farm work, if the field hands were busy and bent over picking their crops, the supervisor would look out and only see your assholes and your elbows.
0: <laughs> Wait. Uh- <laughs> Yeah, once again, I did not do any research to find out. I really wanted to get everybody's ideas on this, but I guess we have some real legit etymology for this. It
1: that. just seems like the yeah, logical etymology of the whole thing, yeah.
3: That's
0: what I just yelled at the kids in the bathtub when I wanted to get clean. That's all they would clean then. I guess that's all that's really
1: important. Well,
3: I'd be lucky if they did that. <laughs>
0: yeah. I think everything else is clean by proxy after that. <laughs> Yeah, once you're, yeah, once you, yeah, you're right. I think that once you've gotten to the asshole, then you probably have <laughs> you already much hit everything, everything in else. between, more or less. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, obviously we already have a title for this episode. There's no way I can't call this episode Nailed it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then we get, we get that moment. We've already kind of talked about, uh, you know, Apon admonishing uh, Hudson a little bit. So we get this cut after this moment when he tells him to come over here, unless you guys have something more to say about that.
3: Nah.
0: (laughs) We get get this nice cut to the ship again. So we get the Sulaco, an exterior shot above the planet, which is LV-426, presumably.
2: Sulaco, the giant prawn.
0: It looks like a giant prawn to
2: me. I thought it looked like a big gun. It's a big rifle. There's no two ways about it. That's what I'm supposed to see. I like a big puppet. make puppets and it looks like a giant prone to well, me. Well, you just want to put Google or on. A reciprocating saw. I do. It would look really
1: good. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know if they did it on purpose, but it very much resembles the weapons they use later.
2: It does. No, it's... The pulse rifles. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's no accident at yeah, all. I mean, apparently they have one designer in the Colonial Marines <laughs> and they hit their stride and they just, they just nailed it and they stuck with it. Uh...
0: Yeah, who's, who's going to design our ship for us? Get the gun guy. Just get the gun guy to do it. He's like, I only know guns. Just do it. We're on a tight just frame. Make a, and- just make us a ship. All right. All right. I
1: give it to you. <laughs> but it's kind of nice that um, the 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 Nostromo was so, like, but that and the mining facility was so bulky and massive. It's nice to see something that actually looks like a spaceship.
0: Well, and, and once again, the, the framing of it is so different. We talked about this. A couple of times how, you know, when we got the introduction of the Nostromo, it was tiny in the frame, right? It was back and you got space all around and it was, you know, an alien. They're insignificant in their universe, right? They're small in their universe. And here we're supposed to believe these, these marines are big and that the future is bigger and technology is bigger. So, again we get the Sulaco filling the frame. It actually comes up from the bottom corner and just fills the whole frame with, with the planet beneath it. Yeah. And it, and it has, you know, I think that again, we're, they're driving home this idea of bigness. And and then that idea of the hubristic Marines, the hubristic military is what we're supposed to read out of this shot. And then we get this nice James Horner. You know, we don't talk about it. We haven't talked about James Horner enough yet on this show, but it's a nice music cue here, I think. I mean, it's lots of
1: brassy horns and, like, pomp and, and 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 presentation. It's beautiful, and it's perfect for the shot.
0: It's got menace to it, yeah. too. It, it has that, that kind of – we're about to go into this militaristic kind of martial music leading into, you know, troops getting ready for war. So it has a little taste of that, but it also has this menacing undertone that I think pairs perfectly with the image of the planet underneath. And the fact that they've arrived at this – like, what they don't realize, but what we know is a, is a dangerous, dangerous place. Uh-huh. So, the, James, yeah, we'll probably start talking about him a lot more as the movie goes on, but, yeah, I wanted to make sure and give him a shout-out for the music cue here.
2: It's definitely menacing. I didn't notice the music, actually, to be honest, in, in our specific minutes. I wasn't quite as aware of the music as I was in other parts of the movie, except for one point in a future minute that I, right. I will talk about. Also, I don't know if... I there's a little paragraph that I found in the novelization about the Sulaco, which I just, I kind of love it because it's it reads like film noir. Right. Let me, let me just read you a few lines here. Its lines were awkward and its engines oversized. A mountain of metal and composites and ceramic. A floating scrap heap. Weightless monument to war. It shouldered its way brutally through the mysterious region called hyperspace. Like its human cargo, it was purely functional. Its name was Sulaco. I don't know why I like that so much, but I just, I don't know. And it
0: walked, it walked through my office door that day.
2: Exactly. <laughs> the <Division laughs> of day didn't
0: quite like it. <laughs> yeah. It does sound pretty noirish. That's a little, <laughs> Alan, that's Allendean Foster. He could, he can do it, man. He's a wordsmith.
1: It would have been great if we had more of a, uh, like a Blade Runner love theme coming in through here with like the, like the little lilty saxophone just uh, wandering through the alley. You know, that sort of light, playful. Yeah. No. But like, i personally like know, the music here that we got so, no yeah. horner does a great job because he, he honestly later when it when it really ramps up he's just in full form but he does such a good job of the intro and then like this these opening minutes just setting the tone without being over the top about it and he puts the menace in he puts the marshall and he puts all this stuff into it and he's just these little you know swells that kind of come and go and and they're just insertions without really like blasting you in the face with anything it's really it's really awesome
2: they're obviously really natural because i just played right into everything and i didn't really hear it yeah which means it was working honestly i
0: didn't have a note about the music on this minute until about the fourth or fifth time i went through it and kept watching it. i was like oh yeah they do this little cutaway to the sulaco and uh and notice the music but yeah i mean that's good right it should be a little under the surface and uh, and not to disparage him while also complimenting him but often he wasn't that way like horner had a had a kind of a habit in some of his uh, work to be a way too over the top. So uh, we get him nice and restrained here. I mean, he's to me like the wrath of Khan score, this score are are the highlights of his career. But um, you know, and then obviously he got some Oscar love later with Titanic, but a lot of times he was over the top, but I think this was kind of a perfect, not only it was a perfect combination of the point in his career that he was in, there's the duress he was under making the score, the dress everyone was under trying to get this thing finished in time. And I think that he's good with military. I think he's good with space, uh, you know, kind of militaristic space themes. And that's why Ratha Khan being a submarine movie that it is, uh, a submarine in space movie, he's just really good at that. So uh, I don't know. Maybe that's exactly what his wheelhouse was and why this score works so well.
1: Yeah. Right place, right time.
0: Yeah. So we cut then to the interior, and we've got – so we got Apone and Hudson. The last thing we saw was Apone calling Hudson – telling Hudson to get over here. And then we have them again. We we get them immediately interacting again. And Apone says, I don't care if you're short. Now, is he short of some kind of – uh, what do you guys think he should what do you think that means I'm I'm not really sure if I can make heads or tails The
3: whole thing feels really ADR cuz then his response is really ADR and it's all just really weird Yeah I wasn't sure that especially the line that
2: Hudson uh, yells at him as people's walking away it seemed like it's give him lip cancer like yeah
0: It's it's so out of the blue A it's it's really out of the blue B he's breaking his balls again after just getting reamed
2: Yeah
0: And C we know they won't cause lip cancer because they don't have nicotine in them. We already we established that at the last minute. So nothing about this line makes any sense. I think the bit about, um, I don't care if you're short, um,
1: maybe because Hudson's a little bit shorter than everybody else. So they, he's overcompensating by being the, like the loudest and most brash of all of the Marines. Even Vasquez, who is technically shorter, but because she's a woman, obviously has a different height matrix to these guys, so it, it doesn't count because she's shorter. But Hudson's the yeah, the shortest of the guys, so he's obviously is he
3: short? I don't. I never got that impression. I yeah, I,
0: I, I actually don't know. I mean, he's shorter than Drake. You could, Drake is clearly the tallest guy, yeah. right? And then probably Frost, and after that, I don't know. But I'm I think short here might be referring to an amount of some stuff, like he's loading. Mm-hmm. Some kind of armament he's loading into this thing that he's doing, I, but I don't. Still, all of it just seems like a little bit of uh, filler dialogue. I don't know if it really yeah, has any background meaning to it.
1: Because you know, everyone's doing busy stuff, and they have a nice little tracking shot of him going across the hangar, and all of, like the little bits and pieces and steam and moving. And he's just, he's just, yeah, all these things moving. He's just throwing it out there. I think it's
0: just like background dialogue, and all this is to you know set up this is going to be a major set piece at the end of the movie, right? So uh, we really just need people moving around. We need to get the idea of the equipment, the layout of this particular set,
3: Give because it's going to be extremely hangout. important.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, while we're doing this, we cut to the introduction of the Caterpillar P5000 workloader, which is obviously going to be very important. Yeah, this thing is really cool. <laughs> I've always thought this was, this was uh, stuck out to me. It, this might have been the moment when I first saw this movie, not having seen Alien before, so I didn't really, I wasn't a big franchise fan yet. Uh, but this might have been the thing that really caught my attention first. I'm not sure, I don't remember every detail of watching it, but I was such a big fan of, of like the adats and different things from Empire Strikes Back. And that kind of go motion animation that we talked about, but but things big mechanical things that stomp around. I don't know. I think this really caught my attention, and I don't really remember if I saw RoboCop first or this first. I was
2: wondering which was made first.
0: Well, it's, this was made first. I
2: think this was made first. Yeah, this was
0: first. Yeah, this is first by a year.
3: I was wondering if you never saw the Power Loader again. I think you'd still be like, oh, man, that thing at the beginning, that was mm. so cool.
1: This is such a neat piece of practical effect. It's, it's functional. And he actually makes a point of saying, like, backing up. Like, like, it's a real, he has actual procedure for how to use this thing that doesn't technically exist. It's, it's really great.
3: I love that they have the people walk, like, they cross the frame just at the very end just to say, this is real. <laughs> this is here. This is mm. happening. Like, it's so
2: cool because it's really, really there. And they do a really good job of conveying its weight. I mean, granted, the finished thing did actually weigh a lot, but considering it's being supported by cables, it still looks like it weighs a lot. I'm sure the sound effects have a lot to do with that. But...
0: Well, from what I understand, this is a this is a byproduct of earlier James Cameron ideas before he ever had any inkling that he'd be doing a sequel to Alien. This is something that he had in mind, but he originally had it was a quadru, uh, quadrupedal. Uh, device originally and he and it goes back far enough apparently this could be apocryphal i don't know but it apparently goes back far enough in his design that what changed it from being a quadruped to a biped was was the empire strikes back so he'd apparently had these ideas in the 70s and when when empire strikes back came out and he saw the ad he said okay um if i ever do this i'm gonna probably have to change it because it'll be too similar so think about though how easy, how much easier the shooting process, the deal dealing with this effect would have been had he not made that choice. Of course, it's. More, I don't think that that final shot. You know, not to jump all the way to the end of the movie, but that final shot doesn't work uh, nearly as well.
3: It's so cool because of what it is. It wouldn't be quite as cool if it was. Yeah, you need
0: it. a one to one analog and, and, a,
3: yeah. a bi,
1: and a quadrupedal fighting a biped. No matter how sinewy and whippy it may be, it just doesn't. It just doesn't work.
0: Plus, I think it being a quadruped would have would have divorced it a little bit too much from being uh, human versus alien. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. I think it's the, it's more of an anthropomorphic kind of idea to have it be a biped. So it's really just an extension of Ripley. We've talked a little bit about that too. Technology being an extension of the characters in this movie. In that case, it would have been a vehicle for her more than an extension. So, I mean, God, we're I'm kind of blowing that minute. That's that's like two or three months away right now, but we'll have to talk about it again. But I think it's this is just one of the coolest things in this movie, for sure. Yeah.
3: Well, and that's interesting that you said that James Cameron had been thinking about it because it's so reminiscent of the thing that he uses later in Avatar, the big climactic fight in Avatar.
0: Which Avatar is the movie that you get more of an idea was his... It's probably a little bit more of a James Cameron original concept kind of thing. Like it probably has a lot of elements of what he was thinking about in the seventies and when he was working for Roger Corman yeah, and sure John Carpenter
1: and so on, accumulating bits and pieces and snips and snails, like since the seventies and avatar gets like the lion's share. Those that really haven't been overused in other movies, it gets like, uh, like an entire like brain vomit dump of like ideas just thrown in there to put into production.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I do want to point out too that you know we have Spunkmeyer is the driver of the um, of of the loader here, and he uses uh, proper safety protocols. You know he's very careful after loading that missile to tell people that he's behind. and And I wanted to say that I think that we might win some kind of an award for the meta nature of that beeping that's going on in the background right now.
3: <laughs> I
2: was wow. Wondering if you could hear that. <laughs> I'm just backing this up is, my loader right now, guys. Mar- Margaret is backing, backing up my loader. Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Most meta moment in a podcast goes to Except aliens it.
2: Backup beep beep in the, there is, the it doesn't it relies on the guy saying clear behind.
1: Yeah, don't. Which,
2: it seems very dangerous, and it seems like the workers comp claims in that. I don't know. It's What's the mean?
1: Marines. They're probably like you. you know what you signed up for. If you get stepped on by a loader, it's your own fault. <laughs> yeah, you need to be paying attention. <laughs> it's always your fault, not the not the machine's fault, because the machine costs way
0: more than you do. But how far back does the beeping, you know, reverse beep go? When was that first invented?
3: Well, I can tell you it goes back for 45 minutes based <laughs> on where we work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we we, well, I mean, we work next to a bread loading. They load bread trucks next to us. <laughs> so there's a lot of beeping. But yeah, the no. year, uh, I thought it was the 80s. That seems like an 80s thing because kids get smashed by cars. I feel like it was in
0: the 90s. Yeah, and in this in the seventies, in the seventies the oh, and early,
3: smashed.
0: yeah, exactly. That's what I was going <laughs> to say. They didn't care about kids getting smashed back then. Backup. I
2: don't have a seatbelt in the car. What are you talking about? <laughs> so also, it could
0: just be yeah that they didn't have that idea yet in in the real world oh, when yeah. this movie was made. I don't know that we'll we'll find out. Facebook uh, uh, listeners, go to the Facebook page and tell us uh, when you think. The beeping reverse first was invented, and uh, we'd love to hear from you.
2: So I was curious if he is in the same exact loader that Ripley used at the end. So I oh, went and oh, looked, oh, oh, and he's oh. in uh, number four, and she uses number two at the oh. end. I just had to know if we were seeing Oh, see, I would have now. said
3: that there were there was this one, because if you look in the background of all of our minutes' shots while mm-hmm. they're in the hangar, there's always one of those power loaders behind everybody, and I think it's, like, the same one, but they just run um, like, put it behind him, put it behind him, put it behind yeah, him. We, so it looked like there but was but a one. when we
2: do eventually see, sorry, Spoiler, but when we do see her eventually in a power loader, she's in the same one that she uses at the end. Say Oh, she's she in that. the same number yeah. two.
1: It looks like there's there's a four there, and, and there, and you can see a four on the wall. So that's probably like the docking bay, floating bay number four. So they're probably like and like you know one to one, you know loader per oh, bay. So she okay. just grabbed the one that was nearby. But, so it was probably no, a two. In a, no,
2: and then later, later rick- shot, there are two in the same bay. <laughs> I,
0: I have nothing to add to this. <laughs>
2: All right, anyway, moving
0: on. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't have anything else for this minute. Do you guys have any more specific notes?
2: Um, only to talk about that James Cameron basically locked his fabricators in a room for a day, and they came up with that, with built it in foam core and uh, hot glue, basically. It makes me want to Which, try it. Yeah.
0: What, this this thing that he's in?
2: The first scale model of it, Do you want to talk about how it's made? But well, just it bit bit cut, because, I mean, this is kind of relates to what we do because we, when we build sets here, we start with foam core mock ups and of a lot of things. And apparently, on this film, a lot of things started out as foam core mock ups the loader, the sulaco, all sorts of things.
0: What if we save that for tomorrow? We can talk about it more tomorrow.
2: Yeah, I'm all for it.
0: Okay, do you have anything back tomorrow.
2: um.
0: um it's in their contract, okay. so I think okay. they'll be back tomorrow. I didn't know we
1: what paperwork they signed, so there. I just I want to make sure. Like, I'm good.
3: We're good. We'll be like,
1: here. If I don't show I'm up good. all week, he doesn't give me my poison antidote, so I'm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of locked in. Yep.
3: You're throwing me down I down have the
1: door. I have the small jade vial mm-hmm. here in my exactly. hand. <laughs> so. I was
3: trying to think what that one's
1: like. And he's just taunting me with it. He'll send me pictures
0: of it every now and then. Oh, I'm holding it in front of the, um, here, yeah, see? Yeah. yeah, I'm holding it right yeah. in front of the uh, yeah, camera on my computer. Always reminding him. Such a jerk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, since we established yesterday that Katie and Margaret are on the internet, George, <laughs> do you want to remind everyone where you can be found on the internet? The
1: Mogwai Minute, you know, the, that's our podcast. It's, it's pretty much anywhere you type that in, you'll, you'll find
0: something related to us in some way, shape, or form. And you can find us at AlienMinute.com, on Twitter at AlienMinutePod, on Instagram at Alien minute Uh Come over to Tee Public; We have some fun new T-shirt designs. I'm going to talk about some of them later in the week, as a matter of fact. Um, go, you come over there and grab a T-shirt, a sticker, a mug, whatever you want. And um, also, we have a virtual tip jar on AlienMinute.com. If you ever want to drop a buck or two in there, that would be very helpful. Pay for expenses for the show. All right. Well, that's going to do it for Minute
3: 27. We will see you tomorrow for Minute number 28.